play. If it's gay, we play. A podcast where we talk about being gay and playing video games. That's it. Yep. That's the one. That's, that's the one. Today is both Easter Sunday and April Fool's Day. And I want to talk about that for a minute because what does that mean? Uh, it's, the, it's a prank. It's, it's the whole... <laughs> Everything's a prank. It's all a prank. We're pranking you right now, 24-7, seven days a week, bringing you pranks. 420. 420 days out of the year. 69 hours in the day. day. 420 days of the year. Constantly, constantly April Fools, there aren't 420 days in the year. That was a prank. That was a good one. And there's not 69 hours in a day. Oh, man. April Fools. (laughs) Nothing you experienced today um, counts. Everything you experienced today is a prank. Oh, God, I'm planning on getting new pants. What is that? It's a prank. I don't know what well, to tell shoot. you. Well, shoot, okay. Uh, you'll wake up tomorrow and the pants will be gone. That's really disappointing. all a prank. Okay, well, let's let's do the podcast. Let's yeah. get in. Well, and it's Easter, so I don't, there's oh, something, Easter. something, Jesus was the yeah. biggest prankster of all, because <laughs> he was like, I'm dead, April Fools, I'm that's, alive again. It's a good one. Do you think that, that Sunday also fell on April. When do you think April Fool's Day was invented? Uh, there's probably an actual answer to that. There probably is. I don't know it. I'm not going to look yeah. it up. It's That's probably fine. some, well, it's probably has something to do with like, it um, yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> April Fool's Oh, you pranked me. Oh, I got pranked. <laughs> it was a good prank. I'm sure it has something to do with like how, um, like the start of Jesus season or whatever, uh, is Mardi Gras. And that's all about like, Topsy, so I, I wonder Topsy if it has anything. To, I wonder if it has anything to do with that. Probably not, because it's not. I no, I get what you're saying, but I think that April Fool's Day probably was like something pagan that came before Jesus or something. Because you know how pagans love pranks. We love them. We, we love do. pranks. <laughs> so to say, like all, pretty much all holidays. But yeah, we. That's neither yes, here nor there. That's <laughs> that is neither happy here nor there. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy April Fool's Day. Yeah. And happy Trans Day of Visibility Day after the day after the Trans Day of yes, Visibility. Yes, that was yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. Uh, uh, all your disadvantage on stealth checks has been removed. Yes, thank you. I'm you very, suffered all day yesterday. Excited. I was delighted. I went out in public and people saw me and I was trans. You couldn't do any crimes yesterday. I, yeah, yesterday was so my day of doing no crimes. One day a year when trans folks can't do any crimes because you can see them. Normally they're invisible. It's true. So... It's like I'm, I made the same joke on bisexual day of visibility. I mean, every day of visibility, you have to make the exact same joke. Yeah, because it's funny. It's a good joke. I mean, <laughs> while while we're talking about uh, trans stuff, I, I did want to mention, we totally forgot to do our pronouns oh, yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, I pointed and, that out. Yeah, yeah, you pointed that out. That's something, yeah, that's something that's very important to us. We just got very excited about we doing were a podcast. And we did talk about, like, words for our gender identities, but we didn't yeah, talk about our pronouns. That's true. Um, I'm Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm Kai. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I'm normally so fucking good about it too, but yeah. you know, it was late. Now it's early. It's, it's the morning. So early. We're very excited to be here. Hannah is in a blanket. I'm in a blanket. It's cold. <laughs> it's, it's pretty nice. I think it's cold. That's fine. Um, so next up we have uh, Emendation Station. Uh, or, as I like to call it, call-out corner. I much prefer my pretentious terminology. Um, I like mine because it's a reference to how bad Tumblr is. I, yes, but keep in mind, Tumblr did help us become the people that we are today. Well, yeah, but... So did the Llama Song, as we discussed last <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. no, terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, 
So last last episode, I said Cherche uh, la femme. Cherche la femme, yeah, was Spanish, but it's, it's actually French. French. Yeah, and I took I, four like four years of Spanish, and I knew that when I looked at it. But I and I'm not just trying to like like be make an like, excuse. Yeah, I'm not trying to make an excuse. Like <laughs> I knew that when I looked at it, but because you had said Spanish, even though you yeah, don't know anything about Spanish. romance languages, no. <laughs> My brain tried to read it as Spanish, yeah. and then it kind of froze. But yeah, I knew that La Femme was yeah. French. But because I took two trimesters, because we had trimesters in my middle school. What a fancy middle school! I not really. No, um, but it's just like quarters, but different. I don't know. They were called okay. trimesters, which well, I kind cool. of forgot until just now. Which was sounds like we were always pregnant. Just tell the story. Just yeah. tell the story. Um, anyway, I took two trimesters of French with this woman who was named Miss Castle, and she was not French. She was from Chicago, but she like affected a French accent. I don't know if I've told you this. No. She affected a French accent all the time. Wait, when she even was when she wasn't our, teaching? Even when she wasn't teaching, yeah. When oh, she was no. teaching our French class. And she was like, it was like kind of a bad French accent. And she might, I just, she might have been European. It was kind of like how nobody can determine where Tommy Wiseau mm, is from. Sure. It was kind of like that type of thing. It was actually a very similar accent. Where Do you think be she like, was hiding her identity? Maybe. But she was like, good morning, class. And then would like, that's the that best impression. That doesn't sound impression. French. That sounds no, like No, but it was like American. she would claim it was French, and then it was like not, that was a bad impression. Anyway. Well, what I <laughs> wanted to do was make my computer say the proper pronunciation of the French phrase. Crochet so, la femme. I want to. Oh, okay. Look for the woman. Oh, shit. That's the wrong <laughs> one. <laughs> That's just the translation. <laughs> the translation is look for the woman. That is what it means. Oh, that's nice. That's better yeah. pronunciation than I had. Yeah. I don't know French, though. I don't uh, None of us here know French, I'm pretty sure, except for the cat, who is fluent in all languages. Yeah. Until proven <laughs> otherwise. Until proven <laughs> otherwise. Um, so let's move on to uh, what we're playing. Was that, right? was that our only call out? Was there something else? No, I think no, that, was that was that was her only call out. Okay, we'll, we'll just we'll, we're gonna keep getting better at yeah. not being we're shitty as the episodes go on. Bully, bully on through until eventually we ascend. Yeah, cool. April Fools, <laughs> we're never gonna ascend. We're going to hell. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, April Fools, I can't. No one knows where it's from. I think we were all tricked into celebrating it. Oh, April um, Fool. It's probably. Like, <gasps> some people argue that it would have been like. It was invented in like 1381. Other people argue it was invented in the Canterbury Tales. <gasps> I uh, read that. <laughs> people say a Flemish poet did it because he'd send his servants on foolish errands like an asshole. Oh, um, well. <coughs> so April Fool's Day is the bit is is the itself a prank because we were all pranked into celebrating it. That's awesome. That's amazing. That actually makes me very happy. That's pretty queer in itself. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, what are we playing right now, Hannah? What are you playing? You tell um, me. I am replaying Mass mm. Effect 2 because why play new video games when you could just play the same six Bioware games over I'm not and over argue again? With you. I love Mass Effect. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been like really stressed out and I needed a comfort game and I'm playing Mass Effect 2 in many ways better, in some ways badly, like how Miranda won't talk to me right now. Yeah, tell us tell us about the approach that you're taking to Mass Effect 2 <laughs> um, right now. I was trying to do the uh, nice nice to the crew, a dick to you yeah, play love style, it, love it. but it's not going well, and mm. I wasn't accruing. I don't know if I was just not committing, but I wasn't accruing enough Paragon or Renegade, so 
I like after Miranda's loyalty mission, uh, when she and Jack are fighting, I didn't have enough Paragon or Renegade score. Hmm. And then I sided with Jack because she was in the right. And then now Miranda won't talk to me and I need to get like a lot more Paragon before like the options are in gray on the left side of the dialogue wheel. Uh, But right now she just won't talk to me at all. So I don't have her loyalty. My I'm really sorry that your beautiful daughter. My beautiful won't daughter speak won't to talk you. to me. Um, All of my other children are very loyal, though. That's I've, good. I've succeeded in their mission. They killed the Thresher Maw. I, I was in very Grunt's excited. Mission. Yeah, Grunts, Grunts Tuchanka mission. That's Which very exciting. I was very pleased about. I watched you yelled in excitement when it happened. It was very good. Yeah. You yelled in frustration when you lost. Yeah. I, a, I've been well, watching this whole process. A wild emotional ride. <laughs> Mass Effect 2. I'm, it's a very good video game. I, I do love Mass Effect, and I'll be talking a little bit more about Mass Effect later. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Um, I have not been playing a lot of video games because I haven't had huh. a lot of... I Thank you for that. Fake gamer people. Humans. <laughs> fake, fake gamer person. Uh, Kai Monahan. Um, I've mostly been watching you play video games. Yeah, but that's I, a form of playing video games. I suppose. Uh, I recently played a game called Gender Wrecked, which is this oh. indie game that's available on that itch.io website. Yeah. I always um, want to read it as itch.io, which is a local I band. also read it as itch.io, <laughs> and I had to actually stop myself and be like, itch.io. Um, it is available for $6.66. Oh, nice. Uh, nice, nice, was, nice, 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 nice. It was made by um, Ryan Rose Akay, Heather Robertson, and Medley Baxter. Uh, just three people made this really um, interesting couple hours long textual adventure where it, it's like post-apocalyptic gender punk, and it's a visual cool. novel where you explore these different islands that teach you different I guess, aspects of gender through characters' stories and interactions with each other and you. And you can... And they're all monsters also. All the characters are monsters. And you can uh, kiss the monsters. You can kiss them on their faces and their mouths if they have them. Um, Not all of them. Some of them don't want that, and that's fine. Um, It's it's a very very good game that made me feel very good about myself, and gender-wrecked is what it's called. I I loved it very much. And... um, the game that I want to play with you, and there's an anecdote about this later that I will share, is uh, A Way Out. Oh, yeah. We got to get that. Yeah. That looks fun. It looks really fun. It's that new um, cooperative like action-adventure game. Uh, it, apparently, it's an EA game. Um, yeah. It's where you're, uh, you play as two dudes, and you're breaking out of prison, and you yeah. have to like solve puzzles together. Yeah. And stuff. Cooperatively. You got to yeah, solve puzzles cooperatively. Yeah, that's what together means. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that is what together means. I mean, so, yeah. I was getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it's a co-op game where you have to, like, we're, we've been watching some of the Polygon folks yeah, play it. Yeah, and, Simone uh, and Jenna. Yeah, Simone and Jenna. And uh, you have to, like, like, one person will have to, like, knock on the window to distract a guard, and then the other person has to do something while the guard is distracted or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting the way that the co-op yeah. play works. I'm really excited to get into it. But I do want to tell the story of how, when I asked you to play it, I, boy, okay, a couple of days ago, <laughs> we were going out to brunch, and I uh, proposed marriage to you because well, yeah, green, for insurance benefits, for insurance and, benefits and for green card And if you purposes. get Canadian citizenship. Yeah. And I said Which I would we probably card. shouldn't publish that that's the reason why we're oh, getting married. Beans. Now we can't do it. Fuck. <laughs> well, that's fine. We won't. They're gonna they're gonna vet everything, and now they might. I they know actually, that they look at Facebook photos. Yeah, they might. 
I mean, well, this was a joke. This is an April Fool's Day. April Fool's. April Fool's. We actually are in love and getting married. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is the April Fool? You'll never know. It's Hannah's favorite color. Hannah's black. Nope. Oh, shit. Is it it blue? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. I... I was gonna Off make to a, a rough start. Aaron I was that. gonna make a goth joke. Kai doesn't like desserts. They don't like sugar. That's true. You're getting married. Kai, <laughs> you're not. Okay. Oh no. I, y'all, I was trying to set myself up. I was trying to set myself up for a goth joke, and it just did not did not turn out. Because um, my one goal in life is to tease any future wife for being goth. Um, we're anyway, not actually getting married. We're not actually getting married. But, but I but pretty you hand- was, yeah. I pretty handily agreed to getting green cards. Pretty married. handily agreed to getting green card married very easily. Um and then a couple days later I was like, Do you want to play a way out with me? And you were not as into that <laughs> as, as the marriage. I was concentrating thing. on Mass Effect at sure. the time, but yeah. then I Whatever. what I said was ah oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> because it seemed like a much bigger deal at the time than getting married is, is the thing. I guess it is like it's a seven-hour game, and marriage is for life. Maybe I don't know. April Fool's. Not, not in. <laughs> I've never seen that occur. <laughs> Me either. Very it's rarely. Like an April Fool. Um, marriage is the biggest April Fool of all. Oh well, let's go to the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The uh, heteronormative hegemonic narrative is the it's biggest. Assimilationist. Is the only the biggest reason April Fool that I would all. get married is taxes. And green cards. And green cards. Taxes and green cards. Um, Hannah, what is the gayest thing that you've done this week? Oh, boy. Um, I have two things. Okay. I don't remember what one of them is. But the first gayest thing I've done this week was, uh, besides, like, have brunch, which we do all the time. We do that all the time. Is um, I got coffee with my ex, who I haven't spoken to in five years. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was a good conversation. It was great. It was awesome. She's, she's great. But... Uh, I was um, talking to my coworker that day, who is also queer mm-hmm. and friend. She's also my friend. She's queer like friend. first and foremost my friend. She's, queer <laughs> friend. She's mostly queer, but though. we also we're, we were at work where we both work, and um, I was like, "What are you doing tonight? Are you just like sleeping?" Because she had had the opening shift at yep. the coffee shop, and uh, uh, I'd been telling her like all day about how I was getting coffee with my ex, and I was kind of nervous about it, and blah blah blah. And then I was like, what are you doing tonight? Like, are you sleeping? Do you want to hang out? And she was like, I'm actually getting lunch with my ex. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Right? And I was like, why are gay people like this? Why, why are we like this? And it was great. I mean, it's... It's, it's a joke. Again, it's all, it's all a joke. It's jokes. I'm, I don't know about her ex. My ex is lovely. And she's also my friend. Great. But we dated. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, um, I, do, I do want you to be the one to tell the uh, Gift of the Magi story. Oh, yeah. So I was, we were reading, Autostraddle's doing this thing right now called 30 Days of Carol, where one of their reporters, who doesn't seem to be doing No, she's not well, doing good. Um, is posting about Carol every day for the she month of March. She watches the movie every day, I think. No, I don't think so. I think she just posts okay. about it every well, day. Well, all right. Um, there was that one time where she watched the movie for like 12 straight hours yeah, or whatever. Yeah, which is intense. Um, the Carol Blackout 2017. Carol Blackout. Um, but she posts about the movie Carol every day for the month of March and it is the greatest film ever made. Yes. So that's fine. But, um, (laughs) there was one article where I think this was, I assume this is the same reason you did it. It was, they did a, uh, one mint julep recipe because that there's a song called one mint julep. Mint julep. Thank you. I was going to ask. That, um, (laughs) plays in the movie. 
And uh, there was a recipe. And in the final shot, this is a long story. I'm sorry. No, it's good. But the final shot is like the person who posted that article holding mint julep in front of this very nice carol poster. And I texted Kai and I was like, why don't we have a carol poster in our house? And um, then... Presumably, we both went out and got carol posters separately, after that text. Kai and I went on the internet and bought carol posters after that text. And... For like a few days, I was like, I ordered a surprise from the internet, (laughs) and I'm not going to tell you what it is. And then a few days later, Kai was like, is the surprise a Carol poster? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, because I also bought a Carol poster. But the thing (laughs) is, I bought mine for you. You did not buy yours for me. No, I bought bought (laughs) mine for the house where we both live. Yeah. So that's sort of by extension for you. Sure. But... It, like it's a gift of the us, Magi situation. Whenever we move out, it's a gift to the Magi situation. Yeah, it's, it's sold, the gayest gift to the Magi situation. <laughs> I sold possible. my Carol poster frame <laughs> to buy you this Carol poster, <laughs> and I sold my DVD copy of Carol with all the extras to buy you this Carol poster. Oh no, we've gift of the Magi ourselves. Oh jeez, jeez, not again. <laughs> oh jeez, I hate it. Gift to the Magi. Yeah. No, we have plenty of poster frames, and we have plenty and of Carol. We'll keep you updated. Because the Carol whole, watch we bought Carol poster watch 2018. Because yeah. we bought the posters from separate places, so the hope is that we bought different Carol posters. We don't know. And assuming that's the case, we're gonna just put them like in separate rooms of the house. No, they're gonna go right next to each other. Yeah, actually, that's funnier. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna look like crazy people. I'm yeah. very excited. The idea is to get like enough Carol posters to like put on the whole stairwell, and then it's yes. like we have this old, really old Victorian house. Victorian. Um, yeah, it was built in 1901. It's oh, like the oh, tail yeah. end of the Victorian era, okay. right? I, I don't think know. so. I'm pretty uh, sure. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a Victorian style house. Okay, sort of. yeah, but it's in Denver, so it's like you know, it's yeah, old old west. Whatever. I'm sorry whatever. to challenge you on this. Keep and uh, the stair, it's like this big sprawling stairwell that mm. we were gonna like how like Victorians always had like a bunch of portraits of themselves on the yeah. walls of their stairwells for some reason. Um, we're gonna do that, but with Carol. That's the plan. And Therese. I, yep. Carol and Therese are two best friends. Our very close personal friends. Our very close Carol personal Ayers friends. And, and Carol Ayers and Therese Belichick. Yes. Um, uh, because you didn't ask the gayest thing that I've done this week. I was going to ask. <laughs> I was taking a sip of chai. Almond milk chai. Oh, wow. That's gay. It is gay. Because I'm vegan, which is gay. Okay. Well, yeah. Wonderful. I um, I am also vegan, which is also gay. Kai, what is the gayest thing you've done this week? I hosted a potluck where I invited only queer people and primarily queer people who were also in my gender and women's studies department. So that's shit that's gay. Yeah. it's it was It was very gay. You were there and I made a lot of potato soup. Too much potato and soup. And we still have some potato soup. So much. So much potato soup. And I think... What I said afterwards was that both not having enough food mm. is gay and having too much food is gay. Right. If you're going to host a queer potluck, yeah, it's either you'll <laughs> either end up with way too much food or not yeah. enough food. And the gayest thing was that nobody else in the potluck yeah, brought anything. It was anything. a potluck and nobody else brought it, was including all me, me and including I live here. Including you and you live um, here. Nobody I, else I brought supplied anything all the food and everybody got enough to eat and enough to drink and it was fine because I made too much soup. So Right. But still, the other I remember the other gayest thing I did this oh, week besides it? gift to the Magi to Carol oh, I'm poster sorry. Yes, go on. is um, at that queer potluck when I made an L word reference and, and everyone got and it and everyone got it and yes. everyone laughed. It was so yeah. You were you were the star of the show level, that moment, but uh, it was gratifying because only recently have I actually watched the L word. We're making our way through because it's a 
trash can fire of a television show. We're trying so hard, though, yeah. Hannah. We had to take a break. Yeah, we're on we're on hiatus right now. Se- yeah, we're on because season watch. season three was really stressful. It's been very painful. Um, but I think that we can do it. Uh, it's it's gonna be. Did we it's finish season be, four or season? We're three? on season four because Fuck. we finished season three. Um, because okay. that was where uh, spoilers. It's there been was out for like da- ten years. Spo- spoilers. Uh, Dana Dana died in season three. No, but that's not. That's not the end. The last episode no, we I watched know, but was I'm where saying, like, Shane left Carmen at the altar. Yeah, and that was the last episode. Of that of season? Of that season, yeah. I thought so those were separate seasons. No, dude, that was all season three. Are you sure? Yeah, we just watched it weird. No, I think those are separate season seasons. Season two was where Alice and Dana were together. And, no, I know. And then and season Shane and where Carmen were together and happy in season two. And then season two ended where Shane was like... <gasps> Oh, and almost said a thing and then didn't say a thing and then the screen right. went black. No, but I thought they got married in season four. I thought we'd watch no. season four. I'm pretty sure no. they'd watch season four and we're on season five. I'm pretty sure. No, you're wrong. Well, we'll find out. Well, the internet will tell us. <laughs> the, the lesbian internet. The yeah. sapphic internet will tell us. Yeah. Um, let's talk about video games because this has been a little bit too much. Too much Well, L it's word. about being gay and playing video I know. Games, I'm so just saying I, I don't want to talk gay. about the L word for too long. <laughs> well... Because then I'll feel like Alice on her fucking radio show, and I'm just not <laughs> ready for that right now. The chart. The chart, yeah. Um, our, our main segment, you know, the video, video games. games. And how being gay is with those. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I can go first if you want, because you went first last week. Yeah. Cool. Because I think mine provides a little bit of setup for yours. Yeah, yeah. You're, you kind of brought the topic. Yeah, I kind of brought the topic to this the week. Table. Um. We decided to do a little bit less like research focus and a little bit more personal experience focus this week, uh, which I'm very excited about because that's kind of my whole steez. Yeah, um, it's ethnographic. Yeah, auto-ethnographic video game journalism. Free, yeah, yeah, research and um, conversation. So I think I mentioned last week how I like grew up playing Pokemon like all other millennials. And something that I, I don't think I talked about is that the first Pokemon games, and we were trying to figure out which first couple of Pokemon games you could only play as uh, a young man, like a boy. Yeah, uh, most a little of the, boy the first several generations. Yeah, the first several the generations. The entirety of the first several generations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember being like really satisfied by that as a kid, and even when I was later able to choose what gender my character was in like the Pokemon franchise, I continued to, like, play as a boy. Also because the girl sprites were really ugly, and they weren't actually that ugly. They were just... They were fine. They were fine. They were just really femme, and that was not something that I identified with. Yeah. Um, I mean, the in Ruby and Sapphire, they weren't that femme. She just she has, like, pigtails. But. Yeah, which I... as I used to be a super, like, misogynist child, and I Ugh. perceived that as... Like, very femme. Yeah, because she wore, like, shorts. Um, like yeah, she wore shorts because they're comfy and easy to wear. <laughs> um, yes. That's a, that's a video game Pokemon reference. Thanks for, uh, again, thanks for pointing it out. I, I love it. it I love it. Listen, people who don't play video games might not know. I know, they, but then that... Then okay. they need to laugh because then they know I'm telling a joke. April Fool's. <laughs> I'm not actually this dumb. Um, April Fool's kind of not Fools, funny. Kai, <laughs> I'm actually funny. Um... So I, I, like, grew up playing games with uh, male protagonists most of the time. And I don't know if my life would have gone differently had that not been the case, honestly. But most video games, I think in the early 2000s, had male protagonists. Most video um, games now have male Most video games now. I'm, I'm just saying, like, in a lot of video games, they had it so you couldn't choose. I think there's more video games now where you can choose the gender of your That's character. That's true, but um, I would argue... Well, I don't know that this statistically, but I, I would bet that most... They're like, still mostly most male Most games without 
with that have no customer, or excuse me, customer, character <laughs> customization yes. engine. Um, our male protagonist. Our male I agree completely. Like Dishonored 2 is kind of a uh, uh, unique case where it's, sure. you can be, you can shoot, I mean, it's <clears throat> not like a different game, but like different play styles, but that you, it doesn't have a character character customization engine and. And you choose the gender of the character that you're playing. You choose the gender of the character that you're playing. Yeah. Um, and I love that game also. Yeah, that it's game a very rolls. good game. Um, and it's queer. Oh yeah, it is queer. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in the future probably, I yeah. bet. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, uh, so I guess, like, gender-wise, uh, my journey was, I was assigned female at birth, and then I was basically socialized and grew up as a little boy because of the way that I guess I felt and wanted to be, um, so as I was saying earlier, I'm, like, I was super misogynist, I'm probably still relatively misogynist. Excuse me, we all have internalized. Yeah, yeah, we're all working through it, um. And I would play all of these games with uh, with male protagonists, and I would spend a lot of my time coming up with um, names that I enjoyed for my male protagonists because uh, the name that I was given at birth didn't really fit with a lot of those protagonists that I wanted. Um, and I ended up doing a lot of research into like uh, Celtic and like Gaelic names because I was always really curious about my ancestry. Um, I remember playing like World of Warcraft and just trying out a ton of different names for my various characters and seeing how people like in the world perceive those oh, names. Warcraft. World of the World of Warcraft is a massively multiplayer online like role playing game. Um, yeah, I don't know that we need to explain wow to our audience. That's fair. It's just that like real people are in the game also with you and they respond like real people would like to whatever gender signifiers well, you're putting off. They respond like wow. They respond like wow players would. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's indicative of how real people respond. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But they they would respond to like whatever gender signifiers I had available to me in a video game and like gender me based on that. And that was a really interesting experience for me because even though I was like socialized a lot of the time as a young man, I also um, dealt with a lot of uh, like sexism i guess like directed towards like you? directed towards the, me. from being read as from being read as a girl, a girl sometimes it was and that's still the case honestly it's very odd the way that people read me and gen- and do things based on that <laughs> um anyway yeah so i i eventually like i eventually became a teenager as uh, i was wont to do and um i fell in love with the two two best bioware games mass effect and dragon age uh, and in Dragon Age, I did a lot of research for, like, I really wanted a Gaelic name, uh, in that particular game. So you game. could be high fantasy. So I could be high fantasy. Yes, I am a huge fucking nerd also. I don't know if that's We have a podcast yet. about video games, Kai. And being gay. I don't know if that's nerdy or cool, but it's both, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And so in, in Dragon Age, I that was the first time that I used the name Kai for a character. And that was the way that I came up with the name Kai and did all the research for the name Kai. So basically, my name came from my obsession with video games and naming my characters cool things. And after the first time I used it, I was just like, oh, wow, that's a super tight name. And then I started seeing it everywhere in like other video games, like in Borderlands 2, there's that character called Kai who's like super violent and shitty. 
Um, that's every character in Borderlands. Yeah, no, that's too. true. But like, that's kind of the whole thing. <laughs> it's true. I, I just started seeing it everywhere and being like, oh, that's yeah. Such there's a tight like a name. side quest in Borderlands yeah, too, yeah. where you have to like find somebody named Kai. Yeah, that's they're not like a major. character. Yeah, no, they're not a major character by any means. But I just remember starting to see it in more and more places. And um, within the past year, I guess no, last year at some point, I changed my name. Yeah, I think it was last summer. Um, I I had gotten really angry and drunk run one night and uh, made a Facebook post saying that my name was different now. And then it was, which is really cool that you can just post on Facebook saying that your name is different and then your name is different yeah. for for as long as you want, I guess. Um, so anyway, that all came because uh, I really liked Dragon Age two and did some really nerdy research into how I wanted to name my character. Again, I don't know that we need to like. Um, call ourselves nerdy. We are on a podcast, recording a podcast. I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like games. the the amount of research yeah, that I, I guess did that into is, the name that Kai was that you kind of nerdy. Like, you were just like, I don't know. I'll name my character Butts. I was like, which is what I, I was like, do. Irish Gaelic ancestry. Like, let's find a name that is authentic to my history. Yeah, um, and so it sounds high fantasy. Yeah, but. I, I guess I also wanted to talk about how in Mass Effect, uh, in Dragon Age, I, I played as like a male uh, character throughout the entire course of the games until somewhat recently. Um, but in Mass Effect, I always played as female Shepard. Hmm. Um, and I did always name my my character Kate, uh, which is the name that I was given at birth. Um, and I don't fully understand why I chose like the science fiction, like, Oh, world to be the one where I was a woman and then the like fantasy like faux historical world to be the one where I was playing as a man. That is interesting. And I think that yeah, that that is really interesting the way that that sort of played out in my brain without consciously making that decision. I was just like, "Oh, obviously I'm going to play as female shepherd and obviously I'm going to play as male like warden warden inquisitor hawk." hawk. Inquisitor. Yeah, I I don't fully understand the reasoning there but i bet there's something really strongly psychological that i could probably tie to queer theory i wonder if there's something about like because in dragon age you don't have a protagonist that follows you through the three games mm. like you are the warden and then you are hawk oh, and yeah, then you, you are the inquisitor and they sort of try to do the commander shepherd thing with hawk like giving you a named person and you can like customize yeah. their appearance but it's Hawk, no matter what you do. That's true. Whereas the Warden and the Inquisitor are, that's just like a title and you can play as any species. Yeah, that's not species. your last name. Yeah. You have like different origins and different last names and you can play as like any species and like in origins, especially you can play like various species with various like class origins, which is I think a cool thing in Dragon Age Origins. Like, yeah, you I do as, love like, that. You can play as a dwarf, but you can play as a dwarf commoner or a dwarf noble or a human noble or a human commoner or a city elf or a forest mm, elf yeah, yeah. or a mage. There's just the one mage origin. Um, and that's interesting to me. But I wonder if there's something about like in Mass Effect, and this is a theory, in Mass Effect, like you are Shepard the whole time and Shepard is this big like monolithic figure that the whole galaxy knows about um and you sort of like build the reputation of shepherd um and you're just this like powerhouse of a human being and yeah. for me personally like i always play as a woman in games but for me personally that there's something so satisfying in watching these other like hard-ass characters in mass effect like refer to femme shep and be like 
this is Shepard. She's the most powerful force in the galaxy, basically. Like, she's this undefeatable, like, indomitable person. And that being this, like, this exceedingly strong, like, dynamic, like, in-charge character, like... That I I think personally on like a sort of almost sociological level, there's like something incredibly satisfying about that being a woman. Um, whereas there's in Dragon Age, there's not as much like diff like characters don't refer like the inqu- they refer to more like the Inquisitor rather than like I don't know like the gender I seems to matter saying. less. You know yeah, what I, mean? I get what you're saying. I I actually agree completely because I was thinking as you were talking um I think that when I started playing Mass Effect that was coming at a time where I was becoming more comfortable performing femininity and like being a woman kind of yeah I mean I identify as non-binary but I also identify much stronger with like womanhood than I do manhood and I'm sure that that's just the nature of my upbringing or whatever um but when I was playing it and when I have replayed it since, I have consistently been female Shepherd because that's just how I know Shepherd to be. Right. And I think that that was incredibly gratifying for that, like, uh, feminine sense of self mm-hmm. uh, to be seen as so powerful. I guess it was yeah. kind of a reclamation of powerful femininity well, that I not. hadn't fully seen before. Right. Yeah. On, like, a storytelling level, it sort of, it becomes, and it's, like, space. Yeah. And there are a lot queer. of, um, a lot of the, like... There's, like, obviously problems with Mass Effect, but a lot of the, like, gender roles are less defined because it's, like, the future. But there's still, like, weird, like, instances of, like, social whatever and, like, Ashley Williams is, like, bizarrely xenophobic and, like, kind of this, like, very, like, hardcore, like, Christian Marine or whatever. Not that there's anything, like, wrong with that, but she's sort of this, like, stereotype. Yeah. Um, even though it's like a thousand, it's not, it's whatever, it's in the future. It's like a thousand-ish years in the it's future. It's a lot of years in the future, but what's Several really hundred years interesting in that you just made me think about was in Andromeda. Um, they did some really interesting stuff with, uh, like pronouns. Um, you remember in, in the Citadel, you overhear, like, which is this big hub where all of these, uh, different aliens and everyone meet up. Um, there were these Asari having this discussion with that new cat race that I forget what they're called. Um, oh, yeah, I forget what they're doesn't called. doesn't matter. Uh, uh, these two alien races were having this conversation about what pronouns they use because humans had been consistently, like, putting their gender and their pronouns on other people, just like, you know, Europeans <laughs> have been doing for thousands of years. Um, and the Asari were like, oh, we use all sorts of pronouns because we have all sorts of genders. And this other alien race were like, yeah, us too. So, like... Mass Effect is trying, like, especially in later iterations, to integrate some of that queerness that would likely exist in, like, other cultures yeah, and like, other races. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the sort of mechanic, too, and I'm going to get back to what I was saying in a second, but the mechanic, too, that they sort of, like, explain why everybody uh, speaks the same language is that they're, you, you, as a player character, have, like, some sort of, like, universal translator... Yeah either implanted or in your suit or something like everybody has like universal translators mm-hmm. on them. Um, and that's why you can like, which doesn't make any sense in Andromeda cause you're encountering this alien race that you've never yeah. encountered before. So it doesn't make any, unless they are like psychic or something, which I mean, they, they are, are psychic, they are psychic, but like, unless they're able to like, it's kind of like in Atlantis, the lost empire, how the Atlanteans can like speak every just like language. That. Um, the greatest movie of all time. And, um, <laughs> you said that was Carol. Just like, there's a lot of greatest okay, movies of true. all time. Um, but anyway, that 
so there's a mechanic that's like everything's getting filtered through your translator. Like mm. the Asari might be using all oh, sorts of pronouns. So like the genders are just being ascribed. But that that means that humans have been like shitty, still. shitty still. Well, it what it really means is that Bioware's a little behind. You know, aren't we all? Um, yeah. But anyway, there's something. It becomes this narrative. Like if you, I feel like if you play as like Mask Shep, like there's nothing wrong with that. But then it's just like the the male protagonist marine guy like doing the sci-fi narrative that it always is but if you play as femme ship it becomes this like this like queering of the narrative in a way or this like sure. reclaiming of the narrative in a way it's like and that's um, how it felt yeah yeah it's like i've actually seen this movie because i don't watch movies but it's like um uh ripley and alien it like I've becomes seen this, this yeah it becomes this that. like hard ass sigourney weaver in space fucking shit up type of thing. That movie made me gay. Well, yeah. Um, I haven't even seen it and I feel like it made me gay. Yeah, I love it. Um, but it becomes this like powerful woman in this very traditionally male dominated or masculine role because it's also in this military context mm -hmm. and she's she's there. I don't know how military ranks work but she's in charge of the ship and she's, she's in, in charge, charge of a lot of things. Of the crew and a lot of things and of saving the galaxy in the third game and all these things. Yeah, she's like known as this really famous like super soldier and she's also yeah. a specter which is like a super yeah, high level. Yeah, she's the first level. human specter. Yeah, yeah the, like in, in the like, in, like intergalactic government. Like, spy. government. There's these like secret, and again, I don't know how much. Maybe people can give us feedback on this. I don't know how much like explaining of the games we should be giving, but specters yeah. are these like I mean, super intergalactic super spies that are sort of they're outside of like one government. It's the Galactic Council, which is made up of three races in the first game. So and, anyway, like, she's very powerful. Council is yeah. what it comes down um, to. So she's the first human specter. Yeah, she's the first of these intergalactic. And super she's a woman, soldiers. which is so yeah. tight. Which yeah becomes this thing where it's like a kick-ass lady does that, and it's not. They don't like reference that that's like weird or anything. Like yeah. it's supposed to be like women can do whatever in this world too. But from us, from a uh, a player experience perspective, it, it it becomes this like gratifying thing. Well, also me. a lot of the other characters who are in positions of power that uh, Shepard encounters, who are humans at least, are male, mm -hmm. um, which is I guess notable because you know humans were sexist. I guess other species might not necessarily be. I guess to go back, well, you don't to my, see like any female Solarians, for instance. That's true. I don't know if they, whatever. We don't know what they're. You, I mean, is. you hear about them, yeah. That's true. But um, you don't see them, like, in any... I guess I want to go back to my original point. I would really like if there were non-binary, like, or transgenders that you could play in uh, games. That would just be really nice yeah. if that was a possibility. Because um, I always do that, like, headcanon thing where I'm like, this character is non-binary. Like, I will claim my, my player character as non-binary. Um... But it would be it would be so tight if there would be a game beyond like an indie game or like The Sims where I could make my character trans because in The Sims you can make your character trans. Oh really? I didn't know yeah. that. In The Sims Four, you can yeah oh, you can make your that. character yeah, trans in the in the newest Sims game. Yeah, which is tight as hell. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's what that's what I would like to have happen next because I've already spent a lot of time exploring playing as both men and women, but I would sure like to play as something else. Yeah, that'd be tight. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. What'd you bring today, Hannah? Um, well, we we're talking about just like how, I don't know, like, I don't know if I have any like super cohesive thoughts about this, but That's like fine. you were talking about like your experience, how like you always play as, or like, yeah, your different experiences and like how you play games. Would you say like now that you more often would choose 
like just on game, like not just Bioware games, like games in general, given the option, would you more often choose a man or a woman character Ooh, if given the option? That's a good question. If those are the only two options. Um, if those, It depends on the game, honestly, but I have seen myself play and feel more comfortable playing like female characters as I've gotten more comfortable, like um, even identifying as a lesbian, like reclaiming that femininity that had been kind of violently taken from me mm. and then violently ascribed to me. And now that I am just kind of doing my own thing over here, um, it, it, it has become much more comfortable for me to actively seek out that representation in video games, especially. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Cause I was like thinking about how, um, like with Pokemon, mm. which was the first like series of games I feel like I ever played. And then like, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for PC and like those games and the yeah. Sims and stuff. Um, I will never, if given the option, I will never play as a, I will never play as a male character if given the option. And I will never play as a human if given the option. And that's fascinating to me. And I want to hear more about that. Yeah. I don't, I've never really thought too hard about why, but I've been thinking about it since we talked about talking about this. And I think for me, it's like, it's the same thing as playing femship and how gratifying that is from a storytelling perspective, even though the game doesn't really change, like other than who you can romance, you don't like get other different things for other than like in Mass Effect 2, when you walk into the men's restroom, Edie, that's the ship's like AI computer, goes, Shepard, the women's, that's was more my Liara voice. Yeah. But she's like, Shepard, the women's bathroom is on the other side of the ship. You're like, shut up, Edie. Don't tell me where to pee. It's my ship. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the same thing where fem playing as femship, and I sort of talked about this with, like, queering Lara Croft mm -hmm. last week, becomes playing as the outsider. And mm. even if femship is not necessarily an outsider for her womanhood yeah. or her femininity depending you can make her sort of like can't make her like super super butch but like you can, you can make, make her pretty, pretty butch. butch the first for my first playthrough she had like a shaved head yeah it's kind of like um samira wiley's character in uh orange is the new black but Beautiful. like more buff um not that samira wiley samira wiley's lovely buff, and, yeah. and perfect um and uh but it becomes like playing as the outsider because the world i live in now is being an outsider and like being, I don't know how to say this without saying self-important, but like I am a woman who, um, because of things that have happened to me in my life and the way that I have, um, sort of, I don't know, the healing that I've done and so forth. Uh, I have very strong, clear boundaries and I'm not afraid to express those. And I, believe in justice and I believe in speaking up when I see injustice. I'm not saying I'm this like paragon of, um, paragon. <laughs> paragon mass effect. I'm not saying this like paragon of like social justice or whatever, but like to my own detriment, I will not keep my mouth shut often. If I see somebody saying some shit, um, like I've like gotten in trouble at work and almost gotten into fights and stuff. And I don't do this as much anymore, especially cause I like don't go anywhere yeah. or do anything. Um, but I, um, Gesundheit, Aaron, um, <laughs> I, uh, had like at work, um, at one of my works, uh, a week or two ago, 
I uh, this guy like made this stupid like domestic assault joke. Oh geez. About there's a drink called this. a red eye. There's a drink called a black eye in in coffee, and he like it was stupid. Oh. The drink is called a black eye because it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. You, there's it's shots of or red eye shots of espresso in coffee. But like, yeah, you made like a domestic assault joke out of that. Um, it's not worth repeating the joke because obviously, yeah. and uh, like I was like didn't even think about it. I was just like, that's not funny. Don't fucking say that. Um, and it went fine. But like, anyway, point being, I'm a person who gets called a bitch a lot, or like has been called a bitch a lot in the past. Um, for being, cause I was talking to you about this the other day and this is something that you've said that I've been like, like, I'm so afraid that like people think I'm mean or people think I'm unpleasant or whatever. And you were basically like, no, like you're a strong woman and like people view that as unpleasant. Yeah. Um, cause you're a very supportive friend. I am. Um, and that's something where like, so it's so, all that is to say that like, I, am a person who I feel like gets, um, I don't say like victimized, but a little bit, but like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the world does not react well to yeah. s- strength in women, in people that like it perceives to be rashness women. Yeah. in people it perceives to be women and yeah. women. Um, so like playing as Commander Shepard, who's this like who's the nothing galaxy, if not brash. Nothing if not brash, our Shep. Even if you play like hardline Paragon, she's just not very good at social interaction. No, she's so she's awkward. been hit in the head a lot. She has. She's trying her best. I love her. She's she's great. She's perfect. Um, and then oftentimes if you choose the renegade option, you like have to be, especially in the first game, like it you what comes out of your racist. mouth is really racist it's towards terrible. the aliens. Yeah. And so that's why I can't play renegade because renegade because it feels bad. Well, yeah. Um, but the, playing as Shepard, this like uber powerful woman, and I think that's always been the case. Like I've always identified with like the powerful outsider in games if I have that option, and it's always been really gratifying to me to be play games as a woman. And be able to be, like, strong and have uh, the world and the game, like, react to that fine or well or, like, not have that be a detriment. I don't know. Like, that's... Yeah, like, nobody won't hire Shepard because she's brash or, like, has strong boundaries or is, like, the super badass woman. People respect her galaxy-wide or they hate her because they're shitty people themselves. Right. And, like, people can try to not hire Shepard. Like, the council tried to not make her a specter. And she was she basically forced like, him. fuck you, I'm going to be a specter. And they were like, fine, I guess. Yeah. You're like, you can't say no to Commander Shepard. No. She won't let you. And that's very, um, I don't know, cathartic almost for me. Like, it's, like, satisfying in a very, um, I don't know, in a very directed way. Like, it's a way for me to, like, live out. An empowering experience, I guess, mm. is how I've always viewed it. And again, I kind of talked about that with like Lara Croft and the survivor narrative um, and that being sort of a queer narrative. But also Lara is this crazy, strong and powerful woman. And like you own, obviously you don't you can only play as Lara in yes. Tomb Raider. There's no male. Well, there is. There's like other games with male Lara Croft. Yeah. There's like um, was like Uncharted with Nathan Drake. Yeah, Uncharted Nathan, Nathan Drake. Yeah, that's it. Um, but. Yeah, like, again, the people on the island, like, she is sort of initially, like, sexualized for her, uh, you good? 
I just love that you called it Uncharted with Nathan Drake. <laughs> it sounds like a really shitty travel channel. Yeah, it does. Show, <laughs> where Nathan Drake is just like eating slugs like, in yeah, some like obscure does. village. And he's like, yep. oh, this is crazy. Yeah, that does. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just can never, I, first, I know these are not at all similar, really similar games, but I get Far Cry and Uncharted mixed up, even though they are not the same thing. I at mean, all. I get it. I get it. I think, did the first ones come out around the same time or something? Or I don't like know. Some I feel like the like, of cover them? of some of them looks well, similar. I mean, dude, it's primarily white men who are shooting things and adventuring. Yeah. I get it. So I, get those I mean, they're up. similar. Um, even though this most recent one, I think you can play as a lady, maybe? Uh, which one? I don't know. Uncharted, Far Cry? Far Cry 5. Oh, I don't the fucking know. The one that no. just came out. New, terrible Far Cry. New, terrible Far but very fun looking Far Cry. Very fun. Yeah, you're fighting, yeah, a, you're cult, fighting a cult. Yeah, you're fighting a cult. A really patriotic cult. A very patriotic cult. Yeah, cult. It's, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be a commentary on U.S. society as it is currently, but it's uh, not done very well. Yeah, apparently. Oh, push your glasses I did your push face. my glasses up to yeah, my face because it was a part of the bit, Aaron. <laughs> I can't see that. I know they can't see it. It's for the two of you. (laughs) That this is an auditory medium. I'm trying to entertain the two of you also. Well, that's good. Thank you. Um, But yeah, apparently the 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 plot of Far Cry Five is bonkers nonsense, but the gameplay looks really fun. Yes. Anyway, um, that Lara is like initially like sexualized or like her femininity or her womanhood is like pointed out, and then very quickly she like kills. That guy who's yeah, like those that's people so tight. with her guns in her hands and her bow. And uh, from then on, it's not like, like they do mention that it's a woman, but it's not like. A detriment to Yeah, her it's fighting. just like this crazy bitch is going to kill us. They, I think they yeah. do say that. Like, I'm not calling Laura a crazy bitch. And if I am, it's. Um, a compliment. It's a complimentary a compliment. bitch. Reclamation yeah, yeah, of bitch. Yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, they're like, this crazy lady is going to. She's not crazy. She's trying to save her girlfriend. But. No. Um, she, it's like this lady's going to come fucking murder us. Not like, ah, woman's place. It's just like, we're going to get murdered is the biggest concern. Um, and so playing as Femme Shep is sort of a similar thing. It's not like, oh, a woman in a position of power. How about that? It's like Commander Shepard's going to come erect this. Like she's going to come fuck it up. Um, What's interesting about that is you could read into the people not believing Commander Shepard about the Reapers oh, coming yeah, as them that's being sexist. Interesting. I'd never thought about that. I just thought about that just now, yeah. and I love it. Well, but it, but it, even if you play as male Shepard, yes. they don't believe him. Yes, either. I'm not saying that that's how the game was written. I'm saying that that's an interesting that's way a to read. interpret. Yeah, it. if you're playing as Femme Shep, that like, yeah, they won't believe her. Yeah, but like members of the Galactic Council are also women. But, but often women, women are, time, yeah, yeah. often time women are internalized, have internalized misogyny and internalized sexism, and don't believe or listen to other women. Yep. Um, April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> April, April, April. April Fools. April Fools. Um, I wish. So, and it's for me, it's a similar thing, like playing as the outsider like playing as non-human characters particularly in games where that like is commented on or makes a difference like mm, like in Dragon Age yeah like in Dragon Age like oftentimes in high fantasy like other races are obviously like metaphors for like disenfranchised people mm-hmm. in yeah now. the other of course um in the other yeah and like the um like the elves in the Dragon Age franchise like their storyline is i think very not like one-to-one, but, like, pretty obviously allegorical for, like, Native Americans and indigenous people in the Americas. And in general, but it's from what I... I mean, I know the most about the history of how 
America has treated its indigenous people, which is to say murdered them outright. Yeah, and genocide. Yeah, genocide. And uh, when that was not wholly successful, then stealing indigenous children and putting them in schools to um, socialize them and assimilate them. Yeah. And how the narrative of the elves in Dragon Age is sort of similar. Like, there's these oh, alien edges yeah. inside of the city. And it could also be read, like, it's like, uh, it could be read as, like, um, like Jewish ghettos and that kind of thing. Like, there's a lot to... I mean, it's just, they, they, they created, like, this marginalized people. Right, yeah, they created this marginalized people. And, like, within the human cities, there will be alien edges for the elves, mm-hmm. where, like, this is the section of the city where the elves live, and it's this really, like, impoverished, really run-down, really... Um, Crime-filled. Crime-filled and so forth, like, portion of the city. And uh, then there are other, there are, like, tribes of elves that live outside the cities. In the forest, the the Dalish elves elves that that travel are these nomadic tribes of elves um, that are, like, trying to reclaim their language and their culture that uh, humanity, like, there basically there were, not basically, there were, like, they call them exalted marches in the, like, um, uh, the religion of... Dragon Age, like, yeah. the, like, overriding religion, there's the Maker, which is the sort of god figure, there's Andraste, who is Lady Jesus, and Andraste, like, started this religion, and then um, the various, like, there have been exalted marches in the name of Andraste or whatever, and one of them was to basically wipe out the elves. Um, and that's been happening. So, anyway, all of this is to say that, like, they're, you know, fantasy is allegorical, usually. And I like to play as... I'm trying to figure, figure out a way to say this that doesn't sound like I'm being, like, um, I don't know. Like, I, I just, like, obviously I have not experienced, like, being an indigenous person or, like, being a person of color in this country or whatever. Um, but as a queer person, like, both of us have experienced oppression to degrees. Like, we've both been hate-crimed. Um, and we've both been... The, the light way that you say that is just so delightful. We have to, man. I don't know anybody that has not... Well, maybe I do, but I don't know anybody that has not gotten at You've least like hate, hate crime yeah like it's such a thing and i feel like i know a lot and i don't know i'm not trying to speak for like all queer people by any means obviously sure but i know a lot of queer folks who like also like um have to talk about like microaggressions and hate crimes in sort of a light well no i way. mean it's camp we've talked about it before. it is camp like, yeah we, to be like oh to i got hate crimes today just walking down the street and somebody screamed faggot and threw trash at my head or whatever like yeah, it's a- that's a real thing that's happened to me but I have to laugh at it because it wasn't funny when it happened, and it's not really funny. No, it's not at all um, funny. But, but I'm laughing because I care about you, and it right. makes me scared and sad that that's happened to you. Right. Well, and yeah, and a, yeah, we've gone through a bunch of bullshit. Um, so it's very gratifying. All of this is to say it's very gratifying for me to play as non-human characters, especially like in the world of Dragon Age, where there is a lot of very direct racism against, especially against elves and against... Kunari. Um, Kunari, yeah. Kunari are these this sort of like giant horned like... Um, they look very different from human beings. And right, that yeah. Allows They're like eight feet tall and they have horns like and like gray skin. Othering, yeah. Yeah, and they uh, they live sort of off the coast of this like <laughs> continent um, and are at war, have been at war with like, with Tevinter, which is one of the like nations of this continent and stuff. It's like, there's a lot of lore in Dragon Age. We do not have time and we to know get into all of the it. lore. Uh, and we have a Dragon whole Age. Google document yeah, dedicated to I'm talking about Dragon the Dragon Age lore. Age lore. Um, so playing as, as 
in Inquisition, especially playing as a non-human Inquisitor, because the Inquisitor is supposed to be this, like, herald of Andraste, Lady oh, yeah, Jesus. Still empowering. And whether or not you can play as a character that believes that you are that, or you can play as a character that does not believe that you and are that. And the game doesn't tell you you're wrong either way. Right. It's just different ways to play it. It's just different interpretations yeah. of the same yeah. story. So in all, th- like, in... in um, Origins and an Inquisition, you have the option to play as not non-humans. And in either case, you are this sort of like savior figure who comes from nothing to lead you either like re- resurrect the Grey Wardens and like save the England allegory, which is Ferelden sort yeah. of. And um, or you like lead this giant Inquisition and like save the whole continent from this big evil and like build this new thing that's basically like trying to reform the Indrastrian church um, and this whole like societal structure and playing as a non-human character in either of those games where there's so much like racism directed at non-human characters and it's such a human centric thing, um, is so gratifying. Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of what you're saying is making me think about, um, the importance of reading, people who are different from you's stories or like hearing totally, people yeah. who are different from you's stories or experiencing those stories in any artistic medium, sure. like including video games. Um, because I was recently rereading, uh, oh gosh, I totally forget her first name, but, uh, Adiche's, um, book and like listening to her TEDx talk about, uh, the danger of a single story. And I do know that she has said some shitty things about trans people. Yeah, some, like, just some blatantly transphobic uh, shit. But, like, I, I still think that even, uh, that, you know, a lot of the things that she has That's to say still, are still yeah. valuable. Yeah. Um, because you can say shitty things and still have other really important, really cool things to say. Right. Um, but she was talking about the danger of a single story and how like experiencing and reading multiple stories can help nuance our understandings of other people's experiences and build empathy. And empathy is like the driving force for social justice, in my opinion. And I think that, um, you know, obviously video games are not currently utilizing the power that they have, I think, to the best end result that I could see it doing. But when you when you play like video games in in that in that way, trying to experience like different people's lives and different experiences that you wouldn't experience otherwise, it can be really useful for kind of broadening your understanding of the multifaceted nature of human existence mm-hmm. and stories. And I think that that's so cool that that's something that you actively seek out as much as possible um, because, you can definitely choose like what race you are in a lot of games, but a lot of times that does not make any difference in gameplay. Right, totally. And a lot of Either times, you, it's, yeah. Well, a lot of times you just change your skin color and you don't change anything else. Yeah. Like it's not, and, and your like your hair is, is like white people's yeah. hair, even though your skin is like black. It's it's yeah. stupid. Um, but yeah, your experience in the game does not does not change, and that is both. Uh, that can be both like a positive and negative thing because like in the future in space racism, I sure hope we're done with it. Yeah. Or at least racism between humans, human races. Yeah. Like I hope, I sure hope we're done Maybe with it. Maybe that concept is gone. Cause now race literally means another species of alien. alien. Yeah. Or yeah. human are you? And then that would be, and that would be so tight, but that's not the world that we live in now. And right. we're so far from that world now. Um, just, I, I don't know, bring, bring awareness of, of the multifaceted nature of stories. I think in video games is, is so tight. Totally. And like you were saying, like, um, 
like I, I, I hope that hopefully I'm not I'm articulating that like I'm not like fetishizing the experience of the other in that way. Like part of what I'm saying is that like I like I'm not playing as an elven character so I can like know what it's like to be a person of color. Like I understand that that's not how that is. Yeah. Part of what I'm saying is that like I. Identi- like it feels more the accurate to my other, experience yeah. to play as an othered character and have people in that world like react to you differently. Well, because a lot of times if you have a sexuality in a video game, which you often don't, people don't react to that in the way right. that they would. Well, like in, the in world. um, if they touch on it, they don't. Okay, so in um, in Dragon Age, like you can as a uh, as either there aren't two genders but in Dragon Age you can choose mm-hmm. two genders Yes, as either gender of Warden or either gender of Hawk or Inquisitor like you can romance various people yes. of various genders like there are queer romance options or like not queer like it's part of the reason I love Bioware yeah um, romance options in any of the games and but that doesn't change like nobody's like Hawk's gay like how about that like it Wouldn't doesn't really so good and interesting would, if yeah. they did. I wonder if they'll do that in the next one because in the in the in, in Inquisition there are two characters whose expe- mm. like their gender or sexuality are part of their narrative and they're yes. both from Tevinter which is this sort of like very totalitarian um mage ruled um like nation that um, you don't get to go to in the next game. I think it's going to be set into winter, but mm-hmm. so far you've not gotten to go to, but it's this place where like slavery is legal. And like, there's, it's just a much more like class stratified society in this really like rigid way. And there's a character named Dorian, who's a companion character who he's gay. Like that's, he's like, yeah, and his whole it's story not just like, like you can romance yeah. him if you're, he like his whole story is about how he's gay and his like family rejected him. Yeah. Um, and then there's another character who's trans and his whole story is about like, he joined this like mercenary band cause like they accepted him and like, yeah, but his, his story isn't super fleshed out and he's played it's by not. a female voice actor. He is played by a female voice actor, actor and that's problematic and he's like not, like a cis female voice yeah, actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not, he's like, you can interact with him um, you can have conversations with him, but he's not like a companion yeah, he's character. Not, like, out. So he's not as fleshed out. He's about as fleshed out as any non-companion NPC in yeah. uh, Dragon Age. I guess to say not very. I do also want to mention that video games can be a really useful escape from experiencing totally. like discrimination based on being queer or whatever or trans or whatever. But um, I would like to see my experience represented more in video games. No, absolutely. And I'm not saying that this is like, oh, look at this amazing representation. I'm just saying that like that normally that doesn't, hasn't happened in Bioware games or like your sexuality. And even still though, that you've got like Dorian and um, what's his name? Krem. Yeah. Um, That there's these queer characters that are like dedicatedly queer and that's part of their story. It's still, if you are an inquisitor, like I always play as femme inquisitor and I will pretty much exclusively romance uh, other women, but that's not a part of the Inquisitor's narrative. It is a part yeah. of the Inquisitor. So that's what I'm saying is that, like, it isn't a part of the Inquisitor's narrative that, like, I, in this most recent playthrough, in the first one I played as a Kunarian, and this one I'm playing as an elf, and that is part of the Inquisitor's narrative. Yeah, but not the sexuality. Not the, the sexuality, Inquisitor. but, like, that's the way that... Um, and, like, being a woman isn't really as part of her narrative. No. So, like, that gives me the experience of, like feeling more like I'm playing as myself, like being this other in this role where the other wouldn't normally like elves, probably the most discriminated against race in this world. Like having an elf lead the inquisition is like something people like notice and comment upon. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that's very satisfying to me because it's it's not obviously it's not it's we've got a long way to go in terms of like really seeing our experiences um, represented, but it feels more like it's representing my experience. Like I see myself more in that, and it feels like it's gratifying and, and cathartic in the way that I can be like, yeah, fuck you. Like the other can lead this like revolution. Like it feels very um, almost like vicarious. Like it feels like something that I don't get to experience very often. Mm-hmm. In this world, um, like, every time I see, like, a queer person or, like, a powerful woman in a position of power and leadership and um, all that in this world, like, it's always so uplifting to me. Oh, my God, I know. With the most recent elections with all those trans women that got into, like, yeah. that were running well, the and one. got into office. The one. Well, there were there were a lot of trans women who were running, is what sure. I said. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that always it's that similar experience and it playing that and like you were saying, like um, I don't know, it's telling stories allow us to show like the way the world could be and like yeah. the futures that could be and like even if the game is like set in a fantasy past or whatever futures that could be and um, the way that like we could be now like building empathy mm-hmm. like you were saying and so yeah, like seeing those non sort of non quote unquote traditional narratives reflected like it makes me it gives me hope is what it does it makes me feel like optimistic and hopeful and then there are games like um, these it it allows space for new games coming out like um, oh what's it called Butterfly Soup yeah Um, which is an amazing game yeah that amazing visual novel it's like three or four hours long it's pretty short Um, and you play as uh, a couple different young queer Asian American people. Yeah, yeah, people of color, Asian American people of color. Yeah. And um yeah, it's just a very good I like I I have the experience of being a young queer person, so like I very much see myself in that. Mm-hmm. I don't obviously have the experience of being a young person of color. Mm-hmm. Um but it allows obviously me empathy for that and um again, I was a young queer person like I didn't know that. <laughs> at yeah. one point in my life, but... I mean, it reminds me a lot of what I was saying last week about uh, queer narratives, like, allowing us to conceive of queerness mm-hmm. in, in the world. Like, if we don't tell stories about queerness, then it's more difficult for us to un- perceive of what queerness could be or, like, come up with new ideas about what queerness could be. So, like, empowerment Absolutely. through video games, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think video games are such a, a, a potentially empathy-building Oh, yeah, I mean, you're entirely playing as another person. Right. I kind of said last week, like, I think good storytelling builds empathy. Mm -hmm. And in a video game, like you said, it's the most, most, like, interactive form of storytelling that is in this mass. Like, there's a lot of, like, immersive theater and stuff, but that's not as, like, mass accessible. Sure. Um, So, yeah, being in an interactive narrative where you're literally playing as another person, like, um, I can talk about this more next week but like the game gone home where the whole reveal Ooh, at the end yeah. is that you're queer and like playing no you're game. not queer well you're not queer your sister's queer like there's a queer surprise mm-hmm. at the end um again the game's given out for like five surprise. or six years um so spoilers but it's been out for a long time um you the whole play yeah the playing the whole game is like the sort of frightening experience with this like reveal at the end that's just like it's queer like, I think there's, yeah, I want to talk about that later, but, like, queer 
maybe next week. Yeah, let's let's about save queering it for next storytelling week. through video games. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I feel good about what we talked about today. Yeah, that feels good to me. Um, yeah. we have social media. Social media now. Um, we have several things. <laughs> We have all the social socials media. Yep. Um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash gay gamers with a Z. Or you can look up If It's Gay We Play. Yeah, or you can search If It's Gay We Play on Facebook. Go like our page. We're going to try to post on there more frequently now that we have another episode. Yeah. Um, and we... You have a Twitter? We have a Twitter, at gay gamers with a Z. Um, G-A-Y... G A M E R Z. Yep. Um, we got Instagram, Instagram at Gay Gamers. Everything is at Gay Gamers. Yeah. Um, or I assume if you search if it's gay, you, we play. If you search if it's gay, you, we play. You can find us. Yeah. Um, we have a Gmail also if it's gay, we play at gmail.com. and we welcome submissions. Yeah. Um, questions. We're comments, trying to figure. Concerns. Yeah. Questions. Comments. Concerns. We're trying to kind of figure out what the show is going to be, and I think we sort of have an idea of it, but we also want to hear your experiences. If you are gay and or if you play video games, um, we would love to hear your thoughts about what you would like us to talk about or, um, you know, if you just want to share yeah. uh, your experience being a queer person playing video games. Um, any of our social medias, you can hit us up on there. Please um, do. Gmail is probably the most direct way to access us. Facebook, if you want to comment on our Facebook page. Um, if you like our show on iTunes, uh, we would love... It helps us if you... Subscribe. Subscribe. And review. Rate and um, review. Yeah, if you want to throw us a rating, throw us a review, um, that will help us hopefully get noticed by more people. Um, we obviously want that because we like attention. <laughs> but also, um, I don't know, we do believe that, like, it's like what we were saying about, like, empathetic storytelling. Like, seeing our stories told allows us to conceive of ourselves. So the more queer people we can involve in the conversation and the more queer people who can hear the conversation, like, I don't know, like, I would have very much enjoyed this podcast existing when I was a younger person. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I like to produce the the content that I want to see. Mm -hmm. So I do enjoy listening to our podcast, and I would enjoy it even if it weren't us. Yeah, you can, uh, so yeah, uh, comment, like, subscribe, uh, find us on social media, tweet, hashtag, if it's gay, we play. Yep. Um, hashtag gay gamers. Uh, and we will see you next week. I yeah. guess. Happy day after trans day of visibility. Yep. Happy. Um, happy Easter. Happy, happy April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. This whole thing has been a joke. It's all been a prank. Very good. Uh, uh keep playing gay. Keep, keep being games. Keep yeah. Keeping keep playing gay. Keep being video games. It's hard to say. Bye. Goodbye. Okay,